excuse me for my voice, but I have never, never seen anything like it. Hey, Doug, we wanted to hit mailboxes. We can let Ralph drive. Morons, your bus is leaving. Welcome to this Idaho State edition of the On the Road Home podcast. This is Ken Crawford, and I'm reporting to you on the road home from a pleasant afternoon in Memorial Stadium. Well, as expected, the Bears made easy work of a overmatched FCS team. Idaho State was, just as we expected, a mediocre FCS team at that. And to some degree, it makes it hard to have any great judgments about uh, the game. Uh, but I'll do my best to break down some thoughts and uh, then we'll have a lot more to say, assumably, after the Oregon game in two weeks. So, I want to start actually with the ending. The defense, when we went to putting in all the backups, gave up two touchdowns late. Uh, it says something about the depth of the defense that we have that they gave up so many points late in the game. There was a little luck on the side of Idaho State, a couple of lucky plays that that played into things, uh, some penalties that also made their life easier. But overall, the defensive line got pushed around quite a bit. The corners were not as good as breaking up the passes. Uh, Just things did not go nearly as well for the defense. Now, Idaho State kept in their starters for the most part, so it was imbalanced in that sense. It wasn't second string on second string. But, of course, first string Idaho State is not nearly as good as first string uh, Oregon or USC or something. So, or even second string for those teams, one would assume. So what it suggests is the Bears' defense, although pretty darn good, can't sustain a lot of injuries. They don't have as much depth as we'd like. You know, obviously one or two, you can do some scheming and some uh, directing around to to cover up the fact that you've got a player or two in there who's a little younger and weaker than you'd like. But you start to see, you know, three starters missing. It's a real problem. Uh, Cameron Good is obviously already out, not out for the whole rest of the season, but... Um, it doesn't seem like he's going to be back all that soon. There's no talk of him or coming back soon. So I'm a little worried that we're already down one, and you look at that defense and you this, the backups to that defense, and there's good reason to fear that perhaps uh, this team is, is not as deep as we would like on the defensive side. Kind of going from there, the penalties, I sure felt like the refs were doing everything in their power to be generous to Idaho State. Now, you don't see a lot from the stands. You don't get enough replays from the screen, particularly when there's not an actual uh, review. But there were some calls. You're just like, really? This, This sure feels like you're doing everything in your power to make sure that Idaho State's getting the benefit of the doubt. 
everything seemed to break their way, particularly in the key moments. Pass interferences to extend fourth and uh, incompletes that extended the drive. Uh, not the review for the punt that it was just looked blatantly obvious to me that he touched it. Admittedly, on replay, it looked a little bit more um, nuanced, but it sure seems like you see the ball rotating differently after it goes by his hands. That was ruled as stands as opposed to overturn and giving the Bears basically another free touchdown. Uh, it just went on and on of every break that you could imagine that the refs could give them went their way. If this had been a game where it mattered, I would have been apocalyptic at various points. But because it was just this, like, whatever, no big deal. It, it just really felt like, and I believe they were Pac-12 refs, they were doing everything in their power to uh, make the the game <laughs> fair to Idaho State. Okay, on to the offense. Uh, Bowers didn't play a snap. It was everything that Wilcox has said about, oh no, he's still in the running for uh, being a starter. I call Bill, Bull Pucky. I can't even speak. Bull Pucky. <laughs> There's no way. It's quite clear um, that the team is moving on from him. Um, Ross Bowers, uh, uh, injuries aside, will never see another snap. And to the end of the injuries, that is particularly disappointing. This is a game you get your quarterback who would play if the, if your starter got injured. You'd play him. Now, the fact that that's third string I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. If you're planning on having, unless you're pl planning having McElwain play, uh, you know, primary starter, which it doesn't seem to be the case, then Garbers goes down, Bowers is in. And so he should have seen a couple of series, perhaps towards the end of the game, it's fine, but not what he didn't get today. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I think that was a mistake. Even if the team's moving on, I'm okay with the idea that, that they've decided uh, Garbers gives him a better um, overall package, uh, that his throwing is just as good and he has a little bit more running. That's a reasonable analysis. Fine. And then you're going to do the two QB thing with McElwain. Great. But Bowers should have seen some time today to keep him sharp should Garbers go down, particularly since there seems to be a desire to run Garbers at least a little bit. Uh, on to running back, Dancy. Lot to like going on there as, as a backup running back. Laird has not been all that impressive um, so far this season. Not that he's been bad. Uh, he had a touchdown taken back by a little bit of one of those penalties that you said, I'm not so sure I'd be happy if this weren't Idaho State. Um, but uh, I just see more pop out of Dancy. I see somebody who's has a lot of potential. Now, lane picking, knowing when to cut up field, definitely has some inexperience problems. Uh, didn't really get to analyze him as a run blocker, so I could see where he may not be have the complete package. And so when you put all those pieces together, Laird has to be your guy. But I really think there's some potential out of him, and I sure hope they continue to find ways to give him more snaps, more opportunity to grow, because uh, I really actually think he, he looks like the more dynamic back this year. And the, actually, to some degree, the team needs it. The offensive line is not as dominant as it needs to be. 
Uh, and so that's uh, obviously, um, uh, you know, going to make it. So we need a guy who can, can wiggle out the way that we saw Dancy doing. Uh, Hudson, what has gone on with this guy? He just does not have it this year. Is injury is injury last year? I don't know what's the story, but the guy cannot hold on to the ball when he needs to. He is supposed to be a tight end. He is supposed to come up with those difficult hard catches, even when uh, you know by rights he shouldn't. But he's not, and he had the interception today based on the fact that he couldn't haul the ball in. I kind of thought he was speared on that. I didn't get a great look, but uh, so I'm not wanting to blame him in totality. But when you put the whole piece together, as a tight end, he's not getting it done. Uh, his backup, on the other hand, number 83, much look um, looking really good, actually. I, I have a lot to, to like about him. Um, he... Uh, that's right, bunting. <laughs> bunting, there's a lot to like about. He's catching those tough catches, running good routes, blocking well. A lot of good things going on there. Um, interesting to see that uh, Wharton, after uh, another uh, fumble, was basically pulled and no longer was able to um, throw, you know, was ne- was no longer <laughs> a significant player in the game. I found that quite fascinating after the, the muffed punt last week and then the fumble this week. That was like his limit. Uh, and then we started to see some younger guys coming in that uh, I feel pretty good about. Um, so good things there. Uh, in particular, uh, number 25, I believe, Nico... Ramingo uh, really impressed me. A lot to like about him. He nearly muffed a punt himself, uh, but being so inexperienced, I'm a little bit more willing to tolerate that as, as you know, new jitters. Uh, so that was something. Uh, but just I saw a lot of potential out of him. He had the one great run back where apparently he stepped out at the four, even though it looked like a touchdown, uh, you know, live, uh, willing to accept that that's obviously the case but a lot of good potential from him. So we did get to see a number of backups playing that we haven't seen before. That was uh, good to see. I, I feel on the offense, actually, the, the backups are more prepared to contribute. So there's some young talent that's a little green that, that is going to need to improve, of course, but that's good when you have young talent that people that you're going to be the future of the team. They just need some time in the system, get some more snaps, get used to playing at, at full speed. And a game like today is a perfect opportunity for them to start to get some of that opportunity. So let's take a step back. Look at the big picture. Uh, obviously by week I have heard the radio. Well, first of all, they need to get Lee Grosscup off the air. I know he was a great All-American quarterback, all of these things, but it's time for him to move on. He has lost the speed and wit needed to be an on-air personality. He was just mumbling incoherently, I thought, today. Uh, <laughs> and he's using all these tricks from years and years of radio work of how to keep talking when you have nothing to say, but it's not working for him anymore. So time to find someone else to take his spot. They pulled him from on, uh, from, you know, uh, play by play with good reason. 
now it's time to to pull him from the post game show. Uh, and and I'd say that with no disrespect for the man whatsoever. It's just time. Anyway, they were talking about whether this is a good time for a buy. They said it's a wonderful time for a buy. Another bullpucky from me. It's a horrible time for a buy. And sure, it's nice to have a buy before Oregon. I'm not arguing that. I'm just arguing that it's not time yet. And six weeks from now, when the team hasn't had another a, a buy because they used up their buy in week four, they're going to be regretting the buy being so early. You don't want to buy before week five. It's an ideal case is a buy before a home game against a team that you shouldn't beat but have a shot at beating. So in that sense, coming up against Oregon, I think, is a great time for a buy, but it's just too early. I'd rather have it against somebody else later in the season uh, when the team's starting to get worn down more. And mark my words, come around big game time or the week before that, this team is going to start to get pretty worn down, and some of their opponents are going to be coming off a fresh buy because they have theirs later in the season. Okay, looking ahead. we got Oregon in two weeks. That's going to be a tough one to win. Although Oregon did not exactly have a great performance against San Diego State today. Um, speaking of performances, BYU knocked off Wisconsin on the road at Wisconsin. You have to feel a lot better about the win over BYU. You have to start looking at this Cal team and saying they beat a team that beat number six. Now it's early in the season. It may turn out that Wisconsin's not that good, but as for what we know right now, Yes, BYU's win over Arizona was left um, wanting and that they weren't a very good team, but harder to say that about Wisconsin. Uh, so looking that win over BYU is looking better and better each week. North Carolina, not so much. <laughs> anyway, so we got Oregon coming up. That's going to be a tough one. Let's just put it in the lost column for purpose of discussion. I'm not saying they don't have a shot at it, but reasonable to think they might lose it but after that we have three very winnable games in a row we've got arizona we've got oregon state we've got ucla the bull the bears would already be at bowl eligibility barely halfway into the season uh winning all three of those which they really should i mean they have two of them um on well two of them are on the road which is a little tougher to deal with but um I don't know. It's, it's reasonable to look at this team as six and one, seven games in. And uh, I think that would be such a good thing for this team going into the back end of the schedule with the tough games. The confidence would be higher. The, the you know, jitters of we've got to win one more to get to bowl eligibility, those sorts of things. They can be much more opportunistic about their mindset. It's about, no, every win here is for the good. We're just going to do our best. And I, I, that would be such a good thing. So I really hope the team can deliver on that promise. Um, and if they can, and then do the additional miracle of uh, upsetting Oregon, I think actually at that point, now you're talking about a team that starts to get overconfident. You know, they're seven and zero. They're going to start being ranked relatively highly. Every seven zero team, power five team, is is going to be ranked in the you know top. 10 to 15, depending on what happened around them. And that wouldn't be good because this is no top 10 to 15 team. 
but it would just in either case the six and one scenario you got a team that's gonna have a lot of confidence going into some very tough games against washington usc stanford uh colorado's looking a lot rougher uh, and and you know, but they would have the benefit of uh, having already you know beaten you know gotten to bowl eligibility. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the On the Road Home podcast. I will do another one after the Oregon game, being another home game. I will definitely be there for that one. Hopefully we get a good start time uh, so we can be home before midnight. Uh, but in any case, we'll find that out Monday. And go Bears! On the road again